This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Shall we begin? You're my only daughter. If I say that you should be married, then married you should be. Where is the Lady Catherine? I've come here to propose marriage. You cannot mean our Lady Catherine. She's a vile creature. She has a third ear. She does. I'm not interested in meeting him nor any man with his intentions. Would I choose to die rather than be forced to marry? I do not think either option appealing or fair. Make it stop. BFM 89.9, you're listening to Popcorn Culture with Lynn Sharmila and Arvin. And today in um, an episode of Stuff We Missed, I thought we were done with this, but it turns out that there are still, um, you know, some pretty good great even movies and shows that came out late last year that we haven't gotten to. So today we are throwing back to a stuff we missed. I think that's accurate to say. Catherine called Birdie. Oh, I um, love this movie so much. You know, there are, there are films that you wander into. You're not quite sure what you're going to expect. I haven't read the book that it's adapted from. Um, and I just had such a fun, sweet time watching this movie. I'm, I would highly recommend it to both young adults and adults alike. Uh, anyone who just wants a enjoyable, thought-provoking, but not too heavy time. Mm. So, so I'll admit um, that I kind of knew about this movie and then I forgot all about this movie until Lynn brought it up again. Uh, and it, it's such a great like weekend watch, right? It's so fun and casual, but also poignant and weirdly poignant for like a quirky, strange yeah. comedy, right? Um, my only question is like, why wasn't this a, a TV show instead of a movie? Because everything about it is built like a TV show. Um, all the characters, the set pieces, even the pace was so like, um, it, it's so episode-ish the way it moves, right? So um, this movie alone could have stretched for like seven episodes, I think, and I would have enjoyed like every single episode. So that was my only problem, that it wasn't longer and there wasn't more of it to to fill the weeks. Oh my God, Arvin, you have landed this thing for me because I recommended this. I wanted to watch it. I didn't like it. Oh. A- and I was oh. very disappointed that I didn't like it because I, I was so excited to get into it. I love the idea of having the... I love this exact genre, if we can call it that, of quirky comedy. <laughs> and so I was ready to be all in. And then I found the pace of it so languorous and, and odd. And I found the movie very static in nature. Um, I, I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that it doesn't move away from the the village and the, the, the manor or the castle or whatever it is that Birdie and her family are in. So in other words, it's very... It's very play-like, I think. Uh, you, you rotate through like five sets um, and, and then it's, yeah, episodic in nature. That's exactly it. Um, I had, there are things about it that I really liked and we can talk about that, but I am sad to be the, the <laughs> dissenting voice today. I really wanted to like it. Oh, that's so interesting. Um, I also actually thought this was a sweet spot that you would quite enjoy. I was ready, Sharmila. I was ready <laughs> and it didn't happen. Uh, 
I think for me, it has a lot to do with having very low expectations. I'm not the biggest fan of Lena Dunham, who wrote and um, who adapted and directed it from a very popular young adults book. Uh, but I think the cast really sold it for me. The chemistry between uh, Bella Ramsey and Andrew Scott and Billy Piper. And uh, there was just... I think if you pick a lazy day, which I did, and you just want a shot of sweetness and a shot of actually what Arvind said, um, surprisingly thought provoking, surprisingly poignant in many ways, it had just enough of those ingredients that I was very happy. I think we should definitely come back to the Lena Dunham part of it because that's a, that's a huge part of this uh, movie, right? Um, but for me, like with the Lena Dunham project, you know you're going to get things that are not subtle. Uh, she's not a shy storyteller or shy filmmaker. Um, so we get the layers of like, you know, there's stuff about feminism, empowerment, agency, freedom to choose, all the Lena Dunham signature style of storytelling. But the thing that I found super interesting was how she didn't paint the characters in black and white, which which to be fair, she didn't do in, in a show like Girls Also Love, but it would have been so easy to do that in a movie set in whatever medieval time this movie is set in. Um, the twel- but most- 1291 or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. some some ancient <laughs> century. Although people seem to wear loafers and behave in very anachronistic ways, but I didn't mind yeah, yeah. that. Okay, the wardrobe is one of the things I really liked about the movie, <laughs> so let's not take it away. No, no, I love <laughs> no. the wardrobe, but I, I think you just got to go in knowing not to expect historical accuracy. No, not at all. Even, I mean, with the music, right? Like the soundtrack is so good, but it's not like, a, uh, it's not historically accurate. Um, but most of the characters were were flawed and they were they were really like empathetic um, backwards, but also kind of progressive in, in some spots. Um, so for me, that was unexpected. I, I thought it would be something else um, from the premise. I realized that I've forgotten to lay out the premise. And I think to understand whether this is a movie for you, you probably need to know it. It's one of those. Mm-hmm. So uh, Catherine Colt Birdie is the, the central character. She's called Little Bird, sometimes Birdie, but she's Catherine. She's the only child of a noble family that's noble in title, but not so much in wealth, um, played by, as mentioned, uh, her father's Andrew Scott. Her mother is played by Billy Piper. And so when they find themselves in debt, they also find themselves needing to leverage on their only daughter, get her into a good marriage that gets them a good dowry and helps them, you know, re-establish themselves. So that's the premise. But the important part here is who Birdie is, because if Birdie were some meek girl who didn't play her recorder with her nose or, you know, whatever it might be, then <laughs> then maybe it would have been a smoother plan. Um, but she has her own mind. She has her own the, her own things she wants to do. She has crushes. She has, you know, best friends. She has her life and she doesn't want to give that up. So I have memories of reading books like this when I was a teenager and enjoying them hugely. Same. I, so I wish I'd read this and that this was a TV show. Yeah, but go yeah. on. So mm. I... I so I have a lot to say about the TV show thing, but we can get to that later. Um, I think that if you if you kind of feel like there's been a tendency now in TV or whatever to uh, or in movies to to use this feminism theme as a way to virtue signal or whatever, um, this movie surprisingly, again given who's behind the making of it, manages those aspects really well, and I think part of it has to do with just how likable Bella Ramsey is and how relatable she is and how well she plays the character where she doesn't always 
she really walks that line between fitting the the medieval setting. She doesn't seem like someone out of time, but she does seem progressive. And she's great as that spunky, I won't settle for these rules person. Um, and then the rest of it is, as you said, Arvin, they really do complicate what it means to be living in this time. The father, for instance, is such a great character. Uh, not likable, but extremely relatable and the way they each have their own arc also helps a lot in terms of not feeling like this is a movie that's trying too hard with the themes yeah um but the trying so my, my issue was with the the trying too hard right is that a lot of times i felt like although lena dunham i, I thought she did like really well with this movie like she, I, you know she she's a good filmmaker and a storyteller right but it seems like a very Greta Gerwig film or something that Greta Gerwig would have done mm. so well with like you know coming to the the pacing and the story so I was also kind of wondering like with an adaptation like this was Lena Dunham the wrong person for the job and it's a weird thing to say like, because who's who's to know right like how are we to know but also I, I can think of this style of movie making or storytelling that others would have done slightly better if that makes sense I don't know. I, I think that, uh, I mean, considering this is a project that she really began and championed herself, like like it's a Lena mm. Dunham born project. It's not something that she kind of petitioned for. Um, it's, it's really difficult to say whether a different person would have done it differently. And I think especially considering the themes, uh, considering the central character um, and how complicated and flawed each character was, you do need someone who's interested in that. So maybe... Maybe what I'm saying, therefore, is in answer to your question, I'm happy she wrote it. Maybe I wish someone else directed it. Mm. Mm. I yeah, not I, which is not to say anything about the performances because I think she gets tremendous performances out of everyone. I think yeah. I'm just thinking about the visual style um, and and how it could have been different. Maybe to be fair, there wasn't anything hugely interesting about the visual style mm. or um, this movie is not a movie that you go expecting it to blow you away with the way it looks or the way it's shot. For me, it really is a character piece and, and that is what I take away from it. Um, in terms of how it plays out on the screen, I recognize, I think, what the problems are, even the pacing issues. And that's why I say again, I think it really is a lazy weekend watch. It's not a watch where you sit down with huge expectations. And or, a notepad. And Yes, and, and <laughs> or um, you're like, oh, I decided to invite people over because we all wanted to have a watch party. May not quite work, I think. No, um, but also the visual style, right? It's um, I love stuff on on Prime specifically because they all look like they're made for high quality TV. So you don't feel like you're missing out <laughs> by not watching it in the cinema. They never look like they need to be like cinematic releases. They look really good, uh, but not in a cinema way, but better than usual TV kind of way. So this was, a, I was like, oh, okay, this is the perfect place to watch this. Like you said, like lazy weekend, casual weekend, um, on a TV, not missing much of the, the aesthetics or anything. I agree with that, especially because I thought that the set dressing and the dressing dressing, the wardrobe, was very good um, in terms of how it captured that hybridity of, yes, this is medieval times, but also this is a medieval film that's being shot and talked about in 2022, 2023. And, and I think that the that blend really came across. Uh, we're talking today about Catherine Called Birdie, written and directed by Lena Dunham, starring 
Bella Ramsey, uh, who we'll be talking about tomorrow as well, um, alongside Andrew Scott, Billy Piper, Joe Alwyn. Uh, we'll come back and discuss it a little bit more. Let us know, have you watched it yet? Are you interested in it? You can WhatsApp 018-789-8899 and tweet us at BFM Radio. Build Fairer Malaysia. BFM 89.9. The Business Station. You have wings. You must learn how to harness them. You don't get to decide who we are or how much we cost. We're not things, we're people. And we can think and we can hear and we can feel. I wish I could help every girl in the world. Knowing your own story will be your salvation. But for now, I am enough. BFM 89.9, you're listening to Popcorn Culture with Lynn, Sharmila and Arvin. And together we are doing a Stuff We Missed, Catherine Called Birdie, written and directed by Lena Dunham. So um, the person I watched this movie with made a remark that I've not been able to to get out of my head. Um, and I want to bring it back to something you said earlier, Arvin. Is this Greta Gerwig does Enola Holmes? So listening to that exact, <laughs> no, really, because listening to that clip just now, I was reminded of Little Women. And then Arvin had said Greta Gerwig earlier. Now I can't unsee it. It's, um, well, I mean, I, Little Women's better than, than yes. my comparison. I, I didn't, to be honest, and I'm not even, I'm not just saying this. I didn't want to bring up Enola Holmes because I thought, let's not make the comparison. Um, because Enola Holmes is fun, but let's not like compare it but to that. But I thought Let's Enola Holmes too it. when I watched it. I, I, I love Enola Holmes too. But it, but it is, right? It so is. It, it's, uh, it's prestige Enola Holmes. Yeah, that's what yeah. it is. Um, which means that it's Enola Holmes minus the action, which it turns out I missed. So, <laughs> so it's a very odd thing. Um, I... I I like the movie more in retrospect. So I'm happy talking about it. Um, as we speak about it, I can see flashes of certain scenes that I really loved. Um, but the overall thing I, I got at the end, like I said at the beginning, is this feels really static. This feels like one story that is being told in a slightly repetitive fashion over the course of an hour 48. See, I'm going to say the thing that now I realise I also said in our Enola Holmes 2 review, um, and it's now starting to make me sound like I'm some kind of movie young girl sadist, but I'll say it anyway. Um, I said in Enola Holmes 2 that there's a particular scene where Enola gets... Uh, physically hit by a much older man. What's going on? <laughs> no, I know. No, but, but my point is that I feel like um, what made Catherine call birdie for me um, more than just your average coming of age story for a girl was the fact that it wasn't afraid to go darker. Um, there are scenes in this movie where I really flinched uh, because of how young girls are punished for not towing the line, for instance. Um, there were scenes where about girls much too young being married off to men much too old uh, or boys much too young boys much too young and and the movie doesn't paper over those things um, and in fact it becomes a a real part of the story and perhaps for those reasons I feel like it's doing a bit more than say in Enola Holmes um, but you're right I think maybe part of the issue is that it never quite nails the tone that it wants to settle on mm, uh, I also feel like I mean, Bella Ramsey would have been a better Enola Holmes. Like, I am a Stranger Things fan and I do like Millie Bobby Brown. But Bella Ramsey is just, I, I think she's on another 
level when it comes to like acting and and performance she it's her film i think this whole thing is her film and i don't think any of the you know like you were talking about that believability right i don't think that would have worked if it didn't have a bella ramsey um mm. because it has to be like it's some of the story is dark and some of the implications are darker but if you didn't have someone who could pull off the the kind of dialogue or the comedy uh, the humor just just the kind of like i don't know that that spark that she has and the way she does it um i don't think the movie would have worked so I, it, it's completely a bella ramsey vehicle for me the others help but it's her movie so um I don't know why today I'm in this position also because the person that I related to most and that I thought was most interesting and I kind of wish it had been I don't know like Andrew called Rolo or something because <laughs> I the, the person that I identified with most that I missed when he wasn't on screen that I wanted to see more of that I wanted to kind of really get into was Andrew Scott's Lord Rollo who is her who is Catherine or Birdie's father and in this very complicated situation where he does not want to sell off his daughter he doesn't want to do it at all and he understands why she's rebelling against him and yet he's punishing her for it and he does all this wearing like great slippers and robes and stuff and then he's a really loving husband and i just thought you're my guy. <laughs> and, and I think um, the identification with the supporting character also didn't help because it's not his movie. Um, and, and saying all that, I also thought Bella Ramsey was extremely good. Like, I have no bones to pick. I think I just didn't find her character as interesting as his. I think I'm coming to a point where I feel like Andrew Scott could be in anything and I would be excited to watch him He's play tremendous. the role. He's so good in this movie. He's so good in a, mo- in, in a role that doesn't actually get all that much screen time and yet every time he is there, there's so many layers of complications, right? Like, he's not a great guy, but he's also not a terrible guy and he clearly wants to be a better person. Um, I don't know. It's... I think how you view him as a character entirely depends on how much you buy into the fact that people can change. And and just because someone isn't the best version of themselves when you meet them, that they, you, they, they may not change throughout the course of the story. And there's something about the way he plays that character, I think, that really sells it. He's the one um, that would have been easiest to paint in either like a, a protagonist or antagonist, mm. especially antagonist. He could have been like the the all out villain of the movie, right? And we've Which seen him do that. We've seen him do that very uh, well. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So so well. Um, which brings me back to the to the Lena Dunham thing. Like, can I don't know if this is the place to talk about it? But why is she controversial? And what do you guys think? <laughs> like, do you guys have have like predisposed opinions about? Her, I know that she is divisive. I don't exactly know why. Um, I know that it's it's sprawled out in a like very long Twitter threads somewhere. But what like what what is it about the Lena Dunham thing that people don't like? I think she comes across as uh, precocious um, in, in some instances because she started working really young, um, and then for a time she was a quote unquote voice of a generation. And then I think people within that generation said, "Well, I don't think so." So that that's a part of it, and that's not getting into necessarily all the quote unquote woke stuff that surrounds her, but purely from the point of view of artistry, I think that that has tended to be the the thing, right? That she isn't it's a very gross thing to say i think her detractors think she isn't as talented as she thinks she is and mm. that a lot of her 
fame is powered by these values that she constantly yes. goes on and on about rather than actual good work. Um, I don't think that's entirely fair. Uh, but I also actually don't think she's done a huge amount since Girls. Her, a lot of her accumulated fame is social media and opinions, right? And I think that kind of becomes a bit counterintuitive after a while. So does this movie play into the Lena Dunham stereotype? Because I've seen that in a couple of places saying that, oh, this is exactly the kind of movie Lena Dunham would make. Or this is, you know, she's just like, you know, echoing what people are saying about her. So not to me, not not to me personally, um, because it's uh, because of the sweetness of the story, because it is mm. inherently. I like didn't a, expect that. And yeah. that's what I didn't expect from Alina Dunham. So actually. It, it's a very sweet it's story. Very sweet. But there's also a real frankness about menstruation, for example. And that's the part that I associate with with Lena Dunham. <laughs> and I think this blend is a real sweet spot. I wish I liked Catherine Colt Birdie more. I, I still think that uh, I would be excited to see what she does next. It's just that this movie, in terms of the pace and the style of it, and the way it chose to tell its story, just didn't do it for me. It is her directorial debut, you know? Yes, yes. And I think if yeah. she wasn't Lena Dunham coming with the baggage of being herself, um, perhaps people wouldn't be as judgmental about the film as I've read. Um, I'm actually quite excited to see what she does next as well. Yeah. Primarily because I think that as a standalone first film, this shows so much potential. I am excited to see what she does next. Um, and I would recommend I would recommend this movie to anyone. Like you said, for casual, we can watch. I actually broke it up in two, three parts. And I think that's the best way to watch it also. So yeah, it's a, it's a good casual weekend movie, I think. I would recommend it uh, as well with the caveat that I didn't like it. And then, you know, just see mm. what happens. Because I think it is a sweet movie and worth watching. Um, also, before we close off, I just also thought Billy Piper and Sophie Okonedo were very, very oh, good. Oh, they were excellent. Yes. Um, you know, we, I used we, to be a big Billy Piper fan when she was a pop star. Because so. we want to. Because yes. we want to. <laughs> and it's just... She, she's almost... She's unrecognisable. Yes. I had to check yes. out the credits because I also always mix her up with Hayley Atwell. Ah, yes. All right. Yeah. Yep. It's a yep. specific English actress face. <laughs> yeah. Um, we're talking today about Catherine called Birdie, which... Two-thirds of us liked very much, which all three of us um, agree had really good performances. Let us know, have you watched it yet? Do you plan to... Did you like it if you've seen it? You can WhatsApp 018-789-8899, tweet us at BFM Radio and write to us at movies at bfm.my. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.